With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cast episode 157, Geek Girls Gone Wild. Hey everybody, we are back after a summer break. Um, took a little bit longer than I expected. Had a slight technical error when we went to do our first live episode after coming back. So thank you for joining us. I just wanted to say that we are back. We will be releasing live episodes again Thursdays at 7 p.m. Pacific time. So today I have an interview with Sam Johnson, creator of Geek Girl. We're going to take a quick break, hear from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with that interview. Welcome back to Geekish Cast. This is episode number 157 featuring Sam Johnson, writer of Geek Girl. How are you doing today, Sam? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Jeremy? I am quite well, quite well. Uh, we're, we've been having some technology issues, you and I, so hopefully everything will go smoothly today. Fingers crossed. Yes. So, uh, you have just released, oh, what, about 15 days ago, Geek Girl uh, Collect Edition number one through four hit Amazon, correct? That is correct, yeah. And from what I saw, it looked like they only had one or two copies sitting around still, so they're selling. Yeah, yeah, they're selling. I mean, if, if the thing with Amazon is if, if they run out of their reorders, there's not a concern with that. But, uh, yeah, uh, it's going all right. And we did, before that, we did, uh, like, a, a pre-order thing on Kickstarter, uh, and that went well. So it's all building nicely, which is which is good, because I'm I'm in this for the long haul. Uh, there's going to be a second miniseries. My intention is to get the audience big enough that the third series can be ongoing. Oh, there you go. Or sell a movie. Well, that is that is something that the publisher's looking at. Yeah. Oh, Mark really? Oh, yeah. They've got mm. a um, uh, an agent in America that that has ties. They've had stuff option before, uh, so they're looking at that. And I'm I'm just actually just uh, putting the finishing touches on a sort of one page outline to send to them in regards Fantastic. to that. So, yeah, I mean that's that's something I had in in mind from from some time ago. I mean, people that. No geek girl from back in the day. Uh, I remember I, there's like a, the climax of issue four. I had a, like a soundtrack in mind to it, which is Leona Lewis's cover of Run by Snow Patrol. So for anyone that has geek girl or gets geek girl, when you get to the uh, well, when you get about halfway through issue four, I find this will enhance your experience and uh, give you an idea of what a film might feel like if you uh, if you stick the uh, Leona Lewis's Run on. Okay, and and just to insert this real quick, if you are listening to this and would like to get the collected edition, and I believe this only works for Americans, but if you go to tinyurl.com slash geekgirlcomic, that will take you right to the collected edition on amazon.com. 
Yeah, that's that's fine. I and mean, if you, I mean, if you're in uh, the UK, just go on Amazon, um, search "Geek Hyphen Girl Lightning Strikes," which is the name of the book, and it will come up for you there. Fantastic. And Amazon are doing a are doing, are doing a deal on on sort of both sites, like um, the American and international site. They're doing a, a three dollars off RRP, which is pretty good. And uh, in the UK, you can get free shipping. So uh, either way, you get a deal with if you get it from Amazon. Okay, well, that's yeah, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's nice because it's it's just something they've done off their own bat. We we weren't putting it up there at a discount. It doesn't sort of come off of our share, but that's that's pretty cool. Let me ask you something a little off topic, real quick. I don't know if you guys have heard, but Amazon has actually bought a grocery retailer in the United States. <clears throat> have you I'm heard not of anything? I'm aware of, no. Okay, so you haven't heard of anything like that happening, like in the UK so far, then? No, because I'm expecting them to own everything in five years. Well, yeah, this is this is the way it's going. I mean, before um, in the UK, Tesco, mm-hmm. uh, the supermarkets were the were the giant, and it was kind of looking like that. But they seem to have fallen by the wayside now, eclipsed by the the giants of the interwebs. Yeah, well, Tesco even opened a chain here in the states for a while and then sold it right. off. Yeah. Right, it didn't. It didn't land then. No, it really didn't. They sold it to a bunch of places, and then whoever bought them shut down more than half of them. So it just didn't didn't catch. Right, I could. Yeah, but anyhow, so let's talk a little bit about your comic in specific. Um, mm-hmm. Geek Girl is a story of a girl who, and go ahead and tell us about her powers, how she got them, and how poker, strip poker uh, always works out for girls. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a typical superhero origin story. She gets her superpowers from a game of strip poker. Uh, she's a hot college chick. She's used to getting what she wants. Uh, she and her mate drunk in a bar. Over here, uh, the resident college brainiac, Trevor Goldstein, talking about these super tech glasses that he's invented. And they kind of get them on the line, get their interest. You know, the, these all these hot chicks are talking to us and end up getting them drunk because Ruby, in a drunken state, decides she wants the glasses, wins them off uh, Trevor and his pal Jeff. Uh, Ruby hasn't actually thought what she's going to do with these glasses beyond that. It was, it was a drunken whim. Um, and the initial impact of these when she's trying to demonstrate them not used, being used to the, the super strength they give away, is, is it renders her super klutzy. She embarrasses herself on a couple of occasions where she's trying to demonstrate how great they are to her friends. And the only friend that kind of sticks with her is Summer, who's her best friend. And Summer is someone that, that like us as co- comic fans, is into the whole sort of superhero thing and, and kind of pushes Ruby in that direction. Summer is studying fashion, so Summer designs are a, a superhero costume um and yeah ruby off her own bat christ knows what she would have done with the powers but with summer behind her and supporting her and, and kind of pushing her in that direction ruby is now taking on this superhero mantle she didn't pick the get name geek girl summer jokingly came up with that when she was just sort of spitballing names partly based on on ruby's sort of dorky behavior in the glasses uh but that seems to stick Anyway, so as we as we begin the mini series, which is collected in uh, in the in the trade, um, Ruby's flying through the air looking for crime. Doesn't really know what she's doing. And then Neon Girl, the resident superheroine, aware they live in man gets blasted through a billboard uh, and hospitalised by this new threat, lightning storm, and Ruby's kind of forced to step up in Neon Girl's absence. 
All right. So you definitely told that story before. I, yeah, yeah, that was all, all that script. Uh, and, yeah. and it's, you know, I'm, I'm so familiar with it. And it's like today I've been rereading, I've, I've scripted issues one and two of the second miniseries, which I've been rereading ahead of scripting issue three. So it's, you know, I know, I know the story, I know these characters, and I'm interested in, in you know, where we're going to go with them. Mm-hmm. Do you remember where you first came up with the idea for uh, Ruby and her source of powers? Was it just like a popped in your head, or is it something you had to work on for a while? It, it kind of um, it was Image Comics ran Who Wants to Create a Superheroine Talent Search contest. Um, I can't, I, so it was literally just sort of consciously coming up with ideas for superheroines. It wasn't particularly contrived. I mean, I think the, the idea I came up with was more sort of prototype than what it is now. And it, I decided this was something I wanted to flesh out. Uh, but that was it. It wasn't, you know, sort of uh, something happened that made me think it. It just that was that was it. But uh, it's something I've, I, I really liked and I'm, I'm an invested in invested in them and we've spent a long time building up the audience of geek girl because issue zero came out back in the day and that which gets recapped in the mini that's in the trade um so that with issue zero out which had three prints we had time to like you know we had a product there to build up the audience and then that was quite a low-key thing it was black and white it was a different artist who usually does more sort of slice of life stuff because but it worked because it was like it was setting up Robbie's, Ruby's cool, cool kids college world. It was before she really got into the tights and capes. And now with Carlos Grander, it's it's more widescreen. It's full color. Uh, it's you know it's big superheroics as well as having that that sort of Mean Girls element still an integral component, which he works brilliantly with as well because he's, he can do very distinctive looking characters and he's great at bringing body language and facial expressions. So uh, there you go. Okay. And the world that it's set in is kind of like 10 minutes from now. It's because you do have like cybernetic implants and technology that's a little more cutting edge. Yeah. I mean, what we're talking about there is you've got an issue to uh, Nina Dante, who's like a sort of uber alt girl. Um, so she's like takes the sort of old fashioned one step further from like tattoos and piercings by having a cybernetic eye. Uh, it's purely a, an aesthetic thing, but it's not, it, it is set now, but it's, you know, it's, it's, and it's set in Maine, but it's in Acorn Ridge, which is a, you know, a fictional place in Maine. So it's set in, in nowadays as, as the Marvel universe is, is set in nowadays. But there is a this that you've hit on something with this tech because that's something that's going to become a bigger thing uh, in in the second mini series. That's something we we introduce uh, basically by the time we're done with the first series. Um, you know, this is kind of begins when when Neon Girl gets taken down at, at issue one. By the end of it, there's a lot less. Uh, crime fighters about so that opens a kind of vacuum for uh for criminals and super criminals to to get into and uh we introduce this uh team called the legion well not team more an organization called the legion of uh or the league of larcenists and they're aiming to become the legion as they keep building up and they've got some quite super super tech that uh bank jobs aren't really a problem for them 
Yeah, and I wasn't trying to give the impression that it was super futuristic, just that it was a little more, no, no. Yeah, a little no, more but, forward. No, but, but you've, you hit on something with the tech thing, because that is going to be something that becomes a bigger and bigger thing and will, will lead uh, places. There's, mm. there's a big, uh, and, and Nina Dante herself, uh, she kind of has a fight with Ruby in the first uh, arc and kind of gets her ass kicked. Um, but Ruby, but Nina Dante as like a sort of fan following you, you know, she's sort of quite famous, like famous within sort of alt girl circles. Mm -hmm. And she has like a big YouTube following and they want her to have a rematch. And, uh, she, she feels like she's just going to get her ass kicked again if she goes up against Ruby again. So the tech, uh, looking into that area is something that might, uh, give her the edge she needs. Gotcha. And Nina kind of seemed like she was a little bit into it during the first fight. I don't know. Maybe that was just me. <laughs> oh, she's into it. I mean, yeah. that, that kind of, she's a bit unhinged. And, like, she wasn't, the start of it wasn't, you know, she was basically hitting on mm -hmm. Ruby. Uh, but Ruby is straight and isn't interested. Um, so in the absence of <laughs> of actually being able to kiss ruby or do anything else with ruby in that area she'll take <laughs> having a wrestle with her effectively <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of awesome and, and she has like yeah as i say you know ruby is massively outclassed as her but uh, but nina still kind of enjoys it yeah you know um i think i've told you this off the air before but my grandmother and her mother were both named ruby Yes, you you have told me that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's a little awkward looking at anybody scantily clad with that name and anything, or thinking of yeah, anybody that with is. that name being hot. You know, for me, it's a little hard. <laughs> well, think just think of her as geek girl. Yeah. There we go. Well, yeah. I don't well, mean to put that off. Himself. Yeah. I didn't mean to put anybody off. Just for me, it was always kind of like, hmm, <laughs> that's a little weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So let's talk a little bit now. I mean, I I have an understanding. Geek girls you know, kind of a super mannish or super girlish kind of character. But the glasses in specific, let's just get a quick listing of what power she gets from them. So the, the, the powers on paper from the glasses are, are quite generic. They give her super strength and they give her flight powers. Mm -hmm. But the, 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 the kind of kink to it is the, the chip in these, there's a chip in these glasses, which is what feeds into the brain and, and gives the powers. Um, there's a glitch in it. So the glasses are affecting Ruby in ways that she's not necessarily aware of. We have a thing in issue two where she feels like she's, you know, there's a, there's a big thing with her and Summer. They go to this club to try and unwind after the events of issue one and just get drunk, and, but they get into a conversation about how Ruby feels different wearing these glasses after she feels like she's not really herself. Um, but Summer kind of dismisses this, but she may be kind of onto something there. The, the glasses are doing something more than just giving her the, um, the flight and strength powers, which is something we're going to be exploring further. Okay. Um, let me see. That was kind of leading me. Oh, I know what it was. So what I, one of the things I kind of like were the creators of these glasses were kind of, and I assume you know who the green lanterns are in the, in the green lantern core. Yeah. So the creators of the glasses at one point in here kind of remind me of a super low-powered version of the Guardians, you know. 
Yeah, like a rubbish version yes. <laughs> of, of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, I mean, basically, Trevor Goldstein has, has created these lasses. He's put a lot of time and money into these because he's done it because he's he's been crushing hopelessly on this waitress who was going out with a quite a, like, a buff guy and he felt he wouldn't have a chance. But, you know, in his eyes, uh, as, a, as a, you know, a Superman fanboy type, He's, you know, he's like, well, that's how could she resist me if I'm like this, this superhero? So that was his plan. And then, you know, due to alcohol and getting the horn, he's uh, lost them to Ruby. So on t- compounding that, um, the waitress that he was crushing on, Ruby becomes friends with after a, an incident where she she saves uh, Mariella, the waitress, from from being hassled by her ex-boyfriend. Now ex, which Trevor wasn't aware of. Um, so, you know, Trevor and, and Jeff become aware that, you know, Ruby's kind of got everything that Trevor wanted and, and they, she maybe got those glasses off him a little unfairly. So the, the Green Lantern, the poor man's Green Lantern Corps, uh, that you're alluding to is, is at some point we see Jeff and Trevor. They've, there's, there's some like prototypes of these glasses. Um, and they decide they might to make a bid to try and get the the good ones back from Ruby. Yeah. Well, you know, and best laid plans of mice and men, you know. Yeah. It doesn't really go. (laughs) No, but it's, you know, part of what's interesting about Ruby as a character is is she hasn't, you know, she hasn't got these thinking, right, I'm going to be a superhero now. So the whole thing is is this total learning curve for her, and it's a, a defining thing because... Her character is not, you know, she's a, as she starts out, she's fairly self-centered, maybe a little strong, but the, the sort of world she comes in, the sort of cool kid, uh, girlfriend, click, um, certainly has a strong element of that. So it kind of, when she's put in this position, we kind of get to see, you know, what she's really made of because she's going up against something, you know, a very dangerous threat in Lightning Storm who's taken down Neon Girl, who's, mm-hmm. who's you know, a big shot super. So it's kind of, uh, you know, is can she stand up to this? Can she do this? Because she's, she's not suddenly, oh, I'm Supergirl now. She's, she's scared. She knows what she's up against and she knows she has uh, little to no experience. So it's a daunting thing for her. Well, and she knows she has little to no experience and your, your, your comic's main hero gets beat beat up pretty bad immediately when when she goes up against the villain exactly exactly i mean so that that demonstrates you know lightning storm's power right off the bat and like lightning storm goes into the background while we we focus on on ruby and summer's character in issue two but then when she comes back in three when she reappears it's quite a devastating uh re-entrance so by the time we get to, you know, Ruby taking her on, she's really established herself as a very formidable force. So what can, I know that who, your villains, your villain in the story is kind of mysterious. And I know that's kind of part of the thing is a new thread that comes up. What can you tell us about her? Um, well, there's not a great deal I can tell about it because mm. the, the, the whole thing of it is she you don't know why she's doing what she's doing until in issue four, everything becomes apparent. 
that when you get to issue three, when she comes back into it, you think she's doing one thing and then she throws in a curveball. So, you know, she's got, if I remember correctly, she doesn't have a line until issue four. So, yeah, there's not a great deal I can give away about her. Just that, I mean, but that's part of the thing of why it's so daunting for Ruby because she has no idea what she's up against. They don't know what Lightning Storm's motivations are, and that you know the media, the more Lightning Storm makes attacks on places, are, are trying to piece this together. Um, but you know, Ruby is basically throwing herself into this, you know, almost blindly, and that that puts the pressure on her even more. Okay. Yeah, and I didn't want to spoil anything. That's why I tried to be as uh, white in my questioning on that one. Um, let yeah, me... I mean, this, you, basically, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get in issue four, you get it all. You get where, why Lightning Storm is, why she is, what her agenda is, how she got her powers. But until that point, it it, uh, it would be sort of counterproductive to, to give anything away. Sure. I, I... Major, major spoilers, Jeremy. Yeah. I understand that completely. Well, let's talk a little bit about the business of being a comic creator in today's day and age then. Um, I know this isn't your first comic. You've got, um, well, what, what else have you done before Geek Girl? Well, the Almighty's, <coughs> excuse me, uh, comedic superhero team uh, with Mike Gagno. We did two one-shots of that, uh, working on a third with Eleanor Cortsars as the main artist. Um, Carbertuni Voodoo Junkie Hitwoman has appeared in uh in appeared regularly there was an anthology um called fx and she had a regular sort of slot in the halloween issue of that so she she's been around a bit and there's a free uh cabra comic uh dark new year which you can still get at drive through comics which sets up what will be the the mini series but what i've decided to do is focus on Geek Girl, and my intention is to introduce Carbara to a to a uh, a larger audience in in the third series of Geek Girl because I've got and this is you know I I've talked before with people about doing crossovers and I never wanted to do it just for the sake of doing it, mm-hmm. but I had a have a story in mind that Carbara is absolutely integral to, so I've decided to hold off the mini series. And then introduce her in in the Geek Girl series, and then people will be more familiar with her. But as I say, you can get the the Carbaccini Dark New Carbaccini is C A B R A C I N I uh, Dark New Year free uh, digital comic at Drive Through Comics, and that's got a complete story in it, and also previews the mini. So that's also a, a good introduction for her. But yeah, those are my main things. I mean, I've had other stuff in anthologies as well, uh, but yeah. Geek yeah. Girl is, is right now is, you know, is the, the focal point. Oh, sure. And what I was going to ask is, so when you're, when you're publishing a comic like this, <clears throat> what do you do to get the word out? I mean, what's been your experience with, you know, going out and trying to get the word out to people about Geek Girl? Facebook is, is I think, the, the thing that's been most important for me because it's, you can have, you know, that instant interaction um, what I do, I post like geek girl stuff in a lot of comic based Facebook groups. And what I tend to do is, um, add people that have liked them to my friends and then invite them to join the, the, uh, the geek girl, 
uh, mailing list where you get the free digital preview comic. Uh, so often it's, you know, thing, I think a lot of people were led from that to the Kickstarter. Uh, and also when I see people at conventions, they generally know me from, from Facebook and Geek Girl on Facebook. Okay, so you do you do run a little bit of the convention scene as well as doing a virtual or a cyber version of it too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. We did uh, we did the London uh, Supercon uh, recently, which was quite a big one. I had Brian Michael Bendis was the the top guest on. Dan Slot was there. Uh, so yeah, that was that was quite good. And uh, yeah, going to be going to be doing more at the moment just in the UK. Uh, but the intention is is to do U.S. ones at some point, but it's 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 money. Well, uh, that's that's a little spendy at points, yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's really the trick. Um, so I know last year comic books had been selling really good, but all of a sudden this year it looked like the worm had turned, and DC and Marvel are both saying that they see a bad future for their sales coming. For a guy who's a little more independent, how are things going for you? They're going well. I mean, I, I, I think I'm not quite sure what Marvel and DC have and haven't said. As I understood it, the the rebirth stuff has has been doing well, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's it's kind of important not to. Again, I, I'm not at all speaking for them. I don't know what they have and haven't said. Or, well, I, I know bits, but I think you know. <sighs> There's always been times where people are concerned about, you know, that the sort of health of, of comic books and, you know, and they've survived. I mean, like, you know, in the 90s, Marvel was in a terrible mm-hmm. state of affairs and, you know, things turn around. And, you know, again, it's like the big, big things now, uh, you know films and tv shows that are based on comics if there's no comics where are they getting those ideas from so i i'm not concerned about it and another concern has been you know you know digital's taking over and i i you know you're either you're either into digitals or you're not so you know and also the thing is like if we're talking about any kind of downturn i don't think it's realistic or rational to put it all on oh people are are going off comics i think with what with marvel any problems marvel have had recently there's reasons for that i mean personally secret empire was something i couldn't wait to end it's right the last thing i wanted was I appreciate, you know, the the story value of it and I did start out reading it and I have picked up the final issues because I want to see, you know, Nazi Cap get punched in the face. But in the climate we're in, the last thing I wanted was Captain America turning into a Nazi. It just it wasn't <laughs> and and again you know they they obviously they can make the argument of you know metaphors and and so forth but if there's anyone you can count on it should be captain america so yeah well i think that was a, a victim of circumstance as well i'm sure when they came up with that they couldn't foresee a time in america where nazis were marching in the streets and the president was quibbling about it no, um, no, but I'm, I'm going to say on top of that, making Cap a Nazi is just a bad idea. But go yeah, ahead. I mean, I'm sorry. it's just not something I found palatable. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, other other characters I I could take, but 
you know, as I say, I, I did start off reading it, and I and I want to see how it ends up. So I've, I've picked up the last issue, and I know uh, Omega, the the sort of uh, epilogue comes out this week, and I'm picking that up. But I mainly want to see it to see Cap Nazi getting, you know, his ass kicked. Uh, but yeah, so the thing is, you can't just. It's it's about content, and you know when when there's been this thing about. Oh, the 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 um, ethnically diverse Marvel characters aren't aren't getting enough audience. Well, I don't really know the sales figures on those, but I I know a lot of them have certainly Miss Marvel has has found it's a strong following. But those characters, and I think Miss Marvel is not so much. They they're kind of you know they're described as legacy characters, so they're trading on the original character's worth and are generally going to come off second best out of it. I think with Miss Marvel, I think there's very little similarity between her and Captain Marvel, formerly Miss Marvel, which mm-hmm. is in her favor. Cap, um, Falcon as Captain America always came off as sort of the, you know, he was the underdog. He was, you know, he's fighting an uphill battle to, to retain this status. Um, and I never found Falcon that compelling a character to begin with. So, again, you've got to look at everything, not just, oh, this isn't working, therefore comics are doomed. And if, if one, you know, racially diverse line doesn't work, we should scrap that completely. That's that's not it. It's, you know, I, again, I think with Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, I think there's something there that's hooked people um, and it's found an audience. So... The, I mean, I, again, I, I, I'm not speaking for anyone because I, I you know, as, as I'm sure most have heard bits and pieces about what's come out of Marvel. And I don't know specifically who said them. And I can see that Marvel are still sticking with the, the diversity of the line. So that's all good. But, you know, there's a lot of things oh, to consider. Sure. And the reason I bring that up is that. 2016, I had read numerous things that were pointing out that 2016 was the first year since 97 where comics were like just blowing up huge market shares. People yeah. were spending a lot of money on. Well, I'm sure a certain amount of that was the recession here in the States had ended by then or it was mostly over and people had some disposable income. Yeah. Um, but I'm quoting that article about three months ago and somebody like just emailed me like 15 things in a row where they're like, nope, that's, that's not the case anymore. So, you know, I'm just kind of curious what your experience has been, but I mean, your comics are selling. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, I know, uh, as I say, I don't know too much about what's going on with with Marvel and DC, but I know they've they've still got, of course, they've still got strong sales. I think the comics industry is is all right. I mean, you know, most industries are, are not in the the most solid position uh, at the moment. But um, again, you know, the big things are coming from comics, the films and and TV, and and you know, and mm-hmm. Walking Dead. I don't know how much of a result of, of the TV show it is, but I, I believe that's still the top-selling indie comics. So, you know, obviously indie comics, you know, it, it sells big, big numbers. Um, so, you know. Oh, yeah. I You know, I, I'm just curious. I was just curious what, you know, your experience had been sales-wise more than anything yeah. else. And you, you I mean, covered I, that, yeah. I, thing is it's 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 hard out here for a pimp to buy exactly. from lily allen so indie comics is always tough but yeah. if if you believe in what you've got 
which I do, and you, you're committed to it, then, you know, it's not like, you know, I, I, I have to do this. I can't not do it. So I'm driven. And, um, you know, hopefully my, my enthusiasm for it uh, rubs off. And mm-hmm. as I say, you know, the, the Kickstarter we did, I, I set the, the target for that very low, having not, um, having not done one before. And we hit the target within like two to three days and ended up with way beyond what I was aiming for. Um, so, you know, it, you can, you can sell. And I think that's another thing to, to look at. It's like I've only sort of recently been introduced, introduced to Kickstarter because I've been doing a couple of, uh, courses with comics launch that to sort of, uh, further develop my marketing mm-hmm. skills. Um, comics launch with an X for anyone that's interested in that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, it's it's how you do it as well. It's like I'm another thing that that, that I'm doing at the moment is is um, we're going to do as as we're sort of we've moved the focus away from the the single issues and onto the collection, and we're going to be setting up um, the uh, the second mini series, which won't be out for a while because Carlos has got another uh, project that he's working on before he can go full time on it. But I'm sort of doing a version two of the Geek Girls site. So that's like going to be retooled, and we'll have like first looks at, at the uh, the second series, and and you'll also still be able to get the the, um, the collection, and we're going to have a limited collector's pack. So you know, just making things you know accessible is helpful as well. I mean, it was a great thing having um, Geek Girl on on Amazon. I mean, I've I've seen it on the both the UK and and the US. It's at some point either sold out or comes close to and they've had to restock so it's you know it's it's going all right no that's awesome are you going to be doing any merchandise to uh support geek girl um i don't know i mean we're doing this we did on kickstarter and we're doing again see i'm not i'm not too interested in in sort of like t-shirts and that i mean i i would if if the if the brand is sort of big enough but it's, it's not something that interests me it's gotcha. like i'm you know i'm not driven by the the massive profits i'm i'm not making from the comic um i'm driven because i love you know the comic so what I, I wanted to do was having some like some good collectibles. So we've got um, again when the the relaunch of the Geek Girl site as version two, we're going to have a, a limited uh, collectors pack where you can get uh, all the variants, and you also get like a, a mini Geek Girl poster, and you also get we did this Matt Olson who did the uh, the cover for the collection, who's not the main artist, but has been involved with Geek Girl from the start. I've done a, a limited print with Geek Girl and Harley Quinn busting up zombies, and that's limited to only 100, all, all numbered uh, and signed by me. So that's like a, like a cool, and it's like laminated. It, it looks great. I'm so pleased with how it looks. So like that's more what I'm interested in, like a, you know, real sort of proper collectibles. Like another thing was... We did limited variants for for all of the the Forrester miniseries, and I consciously didn't reprint those in the collection uh, because they're then not so limited anymore. Right. So when I when I'm doing collectibles, I want them to have a general, you know, genuine collectability. Yeah, that's a concept. <laughs> well, <laughs> who'd who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Well, it was kind of. I remember in the '90s, you know, you'd get those like limited edition. Only a million of these were made. Yeah, 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 
Yeah. Um, I mean, we have slight. I mean, with limited editions, we did have issue one were, were still a high number, but issue four, the limited variant we did was only only a hundred copies. So yeah, you know, you have got some some pretty rare things in there, and like Geek Girl Zero, um, we did like. Uh, a, my my friend Amy cosplays Geek Girl, and we did some photo uh, variant limited versions of Geek Girl Zero, and there's only 25 copies of, of it, the, the two of those, only 25 copies of each, so they're pretty, you know, collectible. Yeah, well, that's got to be kind of cool too. Cause you got hot chicks running around dressed as your character. Well, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not running around so much at the moment. Well, just you know. baby, but when she was, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. I I do I yeah. do indeed it's it's uh, it's a good thing yeah yeah that's outstanding well Sam why don't you uh, run down your art team for us real quick and we'll do a quick wrap up uh, so the arts and Carl Grander is the artist for all four issues he's going to be back for the second mini series took me a long time to find the right artist uh, but uh, he's the man as I say he can do everything big wide action I mean if if you go to, as I mentioned about the um, the website if you go to geekgirlcomics.com you can join the mailing list and you'll get sent the free digital preview comic uh, and that's got a co- quite a good chunk of his his art in to check out the artist uh the colorist rather uh nap and chunlin zhao uh chunlin we've just chunlin and carlos we've just done the first cover for the second mini and that looks great and then we've got uh <coughs> excuse me paul mclaren and uh <coughs> Micah Myers on letters, and it's a solid team. It's it's great. It's I mean I'm you know by the by the time we'd properly got into it, I'm I'm totally happy with like I think uh, issue four has sort of gone down the best. I mean, issue you know I'm happy with all the issues, but we were we were sort of meshing a bit at the at the start, and by the end of it, it's it's just it looks great. I mean it, you know it always looked great, but it it's spot on. Um, so yeah, again very happy that uh, Carlos will be back for the second mini um, and enjoying currently working on that. As I say, I've been going through issues, scripts for issues one and two again today, just about to start on issue three, which is going to be quite a big, uh, big deal in, in sort of Ruby's social scene. I mean, this is another thing um, to touch on with it as well in terms of the uh, her sort of cool kid click that she alienates from initially by the end of the miniseries she's you know she's now this big shot superheroine so you know the girls that have have distanced themselves from her because she's you know in inverted commas not cool in their eyes well now she is cool so maybe they're going to see things differently okay um and let's uh, cover your social media presence if people want to find you on facebook and twitter where can they look you up at uh, Twitter is the Sam Johnson, D A Sam Johnson. You should easily find me on on Facebook because if you've got any friends that are into comics, we've probably got mutual friends. So if you search me, but uh, again, if you go to geekgirlcomics.com, I think that li- links to, and also the Geek Girl Facebook group it links to, and that's a good place uh, to get all previews and, and updates on what's going on. Um, and, and yeah, and you can still get like the limited variants I was talking about. I mean, we've got a really nice one by John Royal, who who was the artist on Danger Girl, uh, originally J. Scott Campbell. And 
yeah, there's, there's some, I'd say I wanted to do some, you know, proper collectibles, and, and there are some. I mean, that was one of the things that went down well on on uh, Kickstarter. That's where we introduced the, the Harley and, and Ruby print, and uh, I say I'm very pleased with that. And you can still, yeah, there's only 100 of them, but that's that's going to be going up again in the new collector's pack we put when we, uh, we relaunch the, uh, the Geek Girl website, which you'll know about it when you go on it if it has been relaunched because it will it will be abundantly apparent that this is version two okay and i got two more questions for you as we wrap up here one is or one's a statement one's a question do you read digital comics yourself i don't know i it's i just i mean i don't i'm first off i'm not a mobile phone friendly person gotcha. i deliberately don't have the phone don't have the internet on my phone so that i can switch off from it because if i did you know i've always got the phone around me if i was waiting on emails from artists or whatever i'd keep checking it so that mm-hmm. was a conscious decision on my part not to have it uh, i don't own a tablet so the only way i'm going to look at a digital comic is, is sat in front of my computer which for some reason doesn't doesn't appeal to me i'd much rather uh, have the physical copy much rather yeah i thought i was going to like digital comics until i tried reading them on my kindle and i didn't care for it yeah i don't, I don't know what it is i mean you know a lot of people are, you know that are well into it but i i you know and the argument as well like when we we're at the uh, the london supercon and people were discussing about um the pros and cons of digital comics is you know my spare room is is you know basically no cupboard space because it's full of comics mm-hmm. um but uh that's yeah i i, I like the, the physical comics and I was also going to bring up um, here, Netflix has bought Mark Millar's entire catalog. Did, mm. you, did you guys hear that in the UK? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was going to say, you know, you were saying that TV and movies are still being based off of comic books. And I wanted mm. to comment on that, like, obviously, because, you know, Millar, I think he writes three graphic novels in the sleep every night. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it is. I mean that's where people are, are looking at. And as long as you know they they remain, you know, Hollywood and TV and whatever are going to go for what's successful. So as long as they keep being successful and don't make another Inhumans, uh, then uh, should be all right. <laughs> Rough talk. <laughs> well, yeah. It's not just from you though. So it's no. Yeah. I mean, I I never bought into the whole trying to make the Inhumans the next big thing anyway because I don't I mean you know they're an alien royal family I don't find them relatable I I don't get why Marvel got such a you know dog with a bone thing with that Um, and I would imagine that it's not going to be so much after this this TV series because it's you know it's kind of been shot down before it's even well before it's even got on tv yeah the uh the imax results have not been well anything at all really no I mean, um, but i mean it, it that's completely understandable you've got a, you know a low budget show and you're putting it on imax it doesn't make sense yeah. um but as i say irrespective of how it was done i i don't buy the idea of making the humans more than b-list i don't think as i say i don't you know the 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 hook of marvel characters why why spidey is 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 as great and as popular is is you know and and why like your jessica jones and and your your luke cages you know the human element Mm -hmm. and you don't have that 
within humans. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure with, within characters they've introduced because they've introduced so many new in humans now. They are, and, and you know, yeah, Miss Marvel is is tenuously uh, an inhuman. She is an inhuman, but in terms of the royal family thing, it, this is not. It's it's not what I, the kind of thing I'm I'm going to connect with. Sure. Absolutely. Well, Sam, uh, I thank you for coming on again. It's been an, always a pleasure talking to you, and it has been again this time. Thank you for having me, and yeah. it's been a pleasure at my side, too. And uh, make sure you let me know when uh, Volume 2 is about to come out or you know when you're rolling with that, because I would love to have you back. Yeah, cool. Cheers. Will do. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Sam. Take care. And for those of you listening at home, you can go ahead and check us out at geekishcast.com or on Facebook. You can find us under Geekishcast. We tweet from at the Geekishcast. Also, if you want to go back and listen to our original interview with Sam, it was episode number 136. See you all next time. Geekishcast is a Vias and Victor production and is part of the Astro Panda Productions Network. You can find us now on SoundCloud and on Blog Talk Radio. Our theme music is taken from the song Out to Get Mine by Reign of Zaius. Check them out at reignofzaius.net. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.